0: All right. Um, Hello, everybody, and welcome back to episode four of the first season of the Rivalry podcast. Um, it has been certainly an interesting week in the NHL, um, looking at standings, looking at stats, looking at individual player accomplishments. Um, certainly, a lot of things happening that prior to the season beginning, even in preseason, um, a lot of people did not see as happening so it's certainly going to be an interesting season um I believe I mean everybody's at different places but like the Sabres have about 70 years left in the season um so there's a lot of hockey left to be played NHL, AHL, ECHL uh, for those that go organization deep but there's a lot happening and we're pretty much going to jump right into it um with Cody um telling us basically just giving a, a short description of what analytics because that's what we're talking about this week is um, analytics. Um, After this chart came out that showed each team, each NHL team's analytics department and the growing disparity between some of them. uh, Take Toronto, for instance, with the biggest analytics department in the entire NHL with uh, the Islanders, Flyers and Hurricanes tied for second. So, Um, Cody's just going to give us a little bit of background on what analytics is and the role that it plays in the NHL, or that we think it plays in the NHL, and then we are going to discuss uh, the differences in analytics throughout the league. uh, Without further ado, Cody, go ahead.
1: All right. So basically what I'm going to do is just a uh, very basic, very basic uh, explanation of what I think analytics is, why I think it's a good idea for teams to have an analytics team, which is kind of kind of what Ryan just touched on. Most teams are grabbing at least one person. Um, so analytics was something that was kind of looked at back in like 2014, 2015 is kind of when it started hitting major media. It's always been kind of a part of some of these off websites, you know, Twitter I always had analytics on Twitter. But analytics is just really a good way to tell if a player is good they're underrated if their points really show their skill uh, if it's just luck there's a ton of stuff that goes into it so the few that I like to use mostly um Corsi is a big one that everybody hears about uh it's not my favorite but it's it's up there that's basically taking your shots on goal your missed shots your blocked shots so any shot opportunity that player has and basing a rating off of that. Um, The one I like to use is Fenwick, which is basically the same thing, just without block shots, block shots. Obviously, that's something another player is doing. Um, So, you know, it doesn't really display your skill all that much. Um, Other one, expected goal four. So based on kind of how they're playing, you know, the team's playing, how many goals they should have based on their their play and based on their shot opportunities their goal opportunities and my favorite points per 60 minutes which is a huge thing everybody always wants to point on time on ice um, and stats stats are important it shows who's scoring who's not scoring great but if you have somebody with 50 goals that's played 25 minutes a game compared to 50 goals and they played 13 minutes a game which one's the better player the one who played less so it's it's just something that kind of takes everybody just per 60 minutes this is the points that they're averaging Um, those are kind of the basics those are the ones that i like to look at um, and hopefully some of the ones that these analytic teams are looking at so ryan i believe that uh that post came out when the Sabres finally signed an analytic advisor, right?
0: Uh, yeah. Give me one sec. Cause it's weird. Um, so we hired Jason Nightingale, a uh, director of analytics. So the Sabres only have one guy on their analytics staff. Whereas Toronto has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. There are nine people that make up Toronto's analytics staff. So according to this chart, Toronto has the biggest analytics staff in the league. Um, obviously, Kyle Dubis is your general manager heading that staff.
1: Yes, um, the only general manager heading an analytics team. That is
0: true. That is true. According to us, everybody else has a different title. So, like director of hockey analytics or director of hockey administration. Um, San Jose's Doug Wilson Jr. is the director of scouting, is heading their analytics department, which I guess kind of makes sense if you're using Absolutely. analytics. If you're, if you're using your analytics specifically for prospects and looking at people that, that you're trading, which I, or not trading, but drafting, which I think a lot of people are using analytics more for that, um, or it's turning into using analytics more for that than for guys that you already have on your team, um, oh, yeah. regardless if they're NHL rostered already or if they're like AHL, ECHL type stuff. Um, yeah, so the Sabres coming from uh, the other end of this only have. The one guy, um, Jason Nightingale. Um, so my my question to you then would be: Do you think analytics is a true or a, a better method of understanding the potential for players, or do you think that it's skewed and maybe it has maybe it has potential or maybe it's just a flawed system? Like, what do, what do you think of?
1: So personally, um, I love analytics. I love watching it. I love looking at it. But it's it's a good thing to compare players, um, different types of players. It's not the end all be all, you know. Um, analytics is set up to where you can state one player is better than another player with all of this when the opposite side is, well, they're not really not showing it. It's showing potential. They have the potential to be better. They have the potential, but they're not putting the points up. So I don't think taking stats completely out of the picture is going to work. Um, You, you have to have a mix of both, um, which I think is the way the NHL is going. Now you look right now, one of the best teams in the league, um, as far as a roster goes and as far as putting up points is the lightning. They only have one analytics team. It's it's not like, I don't know if it's luck, the luck of just drafting these players and just they just turn out being great, um, more than likely. It's just playing with some great players and being able to put up points because of it. You're going to have both ways. But as you stated, I think the importance is um, in drafting and scouting, having analytics, looking at people like that, because you get later in the draft, you get third round, fourth round. It's just a crapshoot if you're not if you're not looking at this stuff. Yeah, it just is. Um, or you're signing free agents out of Russia or, or wherever other leagues. Right. It's, just so it's a crapshoot.
0: So it's more it's more of a. Um, I mean, clearly you obviously believe in analytics, so it's more of a um, like a supplemental tool, just another tool to add to the tool belt, basically.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Which um, I think the reason the Islanders have such a big team is Lou Lamorello really, really kickstarted it for the Leafs. He's a terrible GM and he does terrible moves, but he hired Kyle Dubas as his assistant general manager, to kind of kickstart that. And that's when the analytics team for the Leafs really blew up. Um, so I think he took that idea and brought it to the Islanders. And To me, it's a good way to sign some of these real cheap players that you're going to need in this cap generation here, this cap era, and still have a great team is the Leafs. I mean, we have two lines made up of minimum salary players Mm -hmm. because, we, yeah, the cap is there. But to get the right people in there, you kind of have to go, which, to be honest with you, it's probably why I'm not a big Babcock fan because I don't think he's looking at analytics. He's not taking, oh well, um, well this this line's really doing more this game. Let's put them out in these situations compared to just rolling four lines, which is the old style. Just every line gets their gets their shot. Right. Um, it, it's just not great. I was just kind of reading up before we did this. Um, I guess Apple and SAP are doing an app for every coach in the NHL um i'm not sure if you've noticed it but they have more tablets yeah Sorry about to
0: bring that up, but, um there was a shot uh it wasn't last night um uh, buffalo played in anaheim last night i think it was against dallas and there was a shot of kruger and there was a um there was a tablet hanging on the uh, on the glass right behind them yeah. um as I have noticed more and more tablets in and, and it seems and this is not just the hockey thing too I mean you really started to hear about analytics specifically with football a couple years ago and it seemed like um um that was when it started to become a realistically big I mean but I, I think anybody that knows anything about analytics traces it back to probably the first time hearing it in uh the movie Moneyball
1: yep I was gonna say Moneyball
0: baseball and so i mean baseball is really the start of where you got analytics from in professional sports um but being used on on a wider scale it seems like the nfl really took hold of analytics um and it seems like the nhl is 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 using analytics it's just it varies for each team i do know i wrote this down as a note um seattle hired one of their first hires was, uh, somebody to run an analytics department for them. So, so, I mean, Seattle, not even in the league yet, not a single player on their team is already looking at analytics, which I don't know if that's something that Vegas did last year at all, or not last year, but a few years ago when they came into the league, I don't know if analytics is something that, um, that the Golden Knights looked at when looking at players to take in the expansion draft. Um, but it seems like analytics is becoming so much more of a mainstay in hockey. And I mean, if you just look at this chart and you look at some of these people's titles on top of everybody looking at analytics, everybody has a different idea of what analytics should be. Like if you just look at some of these people's titles. Like if you go to Montreal, they have their vice president of hockey operations and legal affairs sports science and performance director and their video coach. But if yeah. you were to like um, Florida, they have a part-time amateur scout, amateur scout and consultant and an amateur scout and consultant. So like if, I mean, if you look at the a data scientists, data engineers for for Carolina, I mean, if you look at it, they have, they each team has very different ideas and views as to how to run an analytics department. And so I guess that brings up another question, which we were gonna talk about anyways, the differences between all the teams, who seems to be making or whose analytics department, because some of these aren't really departments, it's just a single person, are making headway using analytics. Like which teams are be benefiting from from the use of analytics?
1: Um Honestly, right now, I, I know I've obviously we have the biggest one, but I, I have to go with the Leafs still. Um, just their drafting. They're drafting in it. I mean, right now, our, my, my favorite one probably is, like, our favorite draft pick is Nick Robinson. I mean, he was round two, 53rd overall. Um, he's still playing in the OHL. Uh, with the Peterborough Pete's he has been for the last few years but right now the kids played nine games he's got 18 points he he should have been a first rounder yeah period and the Leafs got him early don't get me wrong well no not even 53rd overall so second rounder but he easily easily should have been gone by then. yeah and just being able to look at what the kids done um And do it. I mean, he was a point per game player last year, but they just saw something. They saw some sort of potential. And now that he's got his, you know, kind of entry level under under wraps, it looks like it's already been negotiated. He signed us some sort of contract, um, but he's staying with the Pete's. And he's just blowing up. He's just blowing up. Um, So that's where the real importance is is that draft, like we said, that development, which we keep going back to is development. But you have to in this cap era until they figure out how to get all these big players signed under a cap, you're going to have to work through your draft. It's making the draft more and more important again. Um, It used to be, you know, you you draft somebody and it was kind of just a throwaway pick or you'd trade it because you didn't really know who to pick, but you, Hey, you know what? We could grab this nobody player off their team or our HL player. It's back to being important again. It's back to being able to look at things and, and trying to get these sleeper picks way down. And it's important. I don't know. Um, obviously, like we talked about, not every team's doing it. Not every team's seeing it as that important. Um, yeah. But not every team is in cap hell with like the Leafs either.
0: Well, that just thinking about the Leafs and what you said about Babcock, that has to be extremely frustrating for, Toronto, to put so much money, time and effort and focus on analytics and then to have your coach basically turn around and say, we're not paying attention to
1: this. Yeah, that's, that's what I was going to get into with the tablet. So obviously a lot of the tablet use is just watching a replay, watching, oh, hey, this is what I should have done in this position. Um, but the Apple and SAP are doing a live um, like coaching insight app where it kind of lo- runs live analytics throughout the game. And tells the coach, hey, you know, this is who's outperforming who. This is who's doing this. Um, that way, he's not just right now, coaches just go off the eye test. Yeah. They're just watching it. That's it. Yeah, I was going to so, say,
0: hockey is very, I mean, we had this conversation last week too. Hockey is very like steadfast in its ways. Like hockey, hockey is what hockey is. And don't yeah. touch it. Like, it's perfect. Don't touch it. Why would you improve upon something if it's not broken? But I yeah. mean, it certainly gives a more competitive edge to a game that I think that we've, all seen become kind of stale for the last however many years yeah i mean we I mean you're playing the same people in the playoffs you're playing um the same teams almost year in and year out teams are seem stuck in the mud when it comes to actually improving, and it seems like the same teams are ruling year in and year out um, so being able to use this not only for like you said what apple and sap are doing for live during the game these are the team these are the lines that need to be out here and these are the people that should be on these lines but for looking at the draft and like you said making the draft important again i that's something i think of um until you said that and I, i i agree with you it's just i think analytics is definitely going to be more of a game changer for hockey than it would be for any other sport
1: yeah i mean it's it's every year the game keeps getting faster and faster at, at some point i mean you can't just look at points right well, you know so because
0: i was having this conversation my roommates are not hockey fans at all um, they're very much football they don't understand hockey they don't have the patience to understand hockey they're lost whatever but um when you draft or in the, I mean, when you're drafting in the NHL, it's not like the NFL where you have, you can have like nine picks in a draft. You're only going to have a, a handful, five or six picks for a draft, unless you really went draft crazy. But that's a whole other discussion on how NHL GMs really don't make the moves that they need to be making, at least the bigger ones, and take more risk, whereas you would in the NFL. Um, but. The NHL, when you draft, unless you're a first-round player, you're really not going to see – unless you find somebody like a Crosby like deeper in the draft or like an Ovechkin deeper in the draft, you're not going to see that player for another five to six years at
1: most. At most, yes.
0: Because, you know, they might be – you know, they might be going to college. They might have chosen to play in college again. Um, They might not – you know – be developed enough so you put them in like the WHL or the OHL or something like that like they may not be like a direct like start in the NHL or even go to the AHL and develop you may not you might not see them for three four five something years so and even then with that you don't really see a whole lot of development from them and you kind of forget that that player exists so I think analytics is going to help keep those players that you're drafting later in the draft relevant as well oh yeah because unless they're your first-round draft pick, maybe even your second-round draft pick, you really don't care. And like you said, in the past, in the NHL, it's, it's been a crapshoot, and it's basically like a you know pick-your-poison type thing. You know what I mean? Even though in hockey there is loads of talent between the NHL draft and the million other leagues that exist throughout North America and the rest of the world. So oh, yeah. I think that works. It's definitely going to help keep lower-round players – that you draft relevant to and important to the team because a lot of times those are the guys that are getting traded as kind of fodder in some of these trades. Um, so, you know, you're keeping more of the same guys that you drafted a couple of years ago versus getting rid of them because you're not really seeing their development as much as you would somebody in like the AHL.
1: Yeah. Now I want to touch on something that you kind of said about GMs. Um, GM's not making moves, stuff like that. I think that really comes down to the eye test. I mean, people, uh, too many fans don't look at stuff. They just do the eye test. Um, Oh, this player's not putting up points. We better better trade for somebody that does. Um, When, like I said, points isn't everything. I mean, there's people who go on these streaks that just, they're playing really well. They're just not dropping for them. And that's not really the type of person you want to get rid of. Yeah. To get somebody that might play worse but puts up some points. Right. Yeah, you might win one or two games out of it, but for the most part, you're gonna lose more than what you win. So um and I'm gonna put Olifson in this because everybody's talking about him um not being good five on five. He doesn't he doesn't no, he he is. He's still doing the same stuff. He's just it's just not dropping for him. It just on the power play, there's just too much there for people to defend. I mean, yeah. You got Eichel on one side, you got Olofsson on the other. It's it, you go after Olofsson, Eichel's gonna score. You go after Eichel, Olsson's gonna score. It's just that until teams figure it out, which they will, it's not gonna be this, this yeah it's not, it's glorious not- power play always but it has potential and he's going to figure out what he's doing wrong on five on five. Mm -hmm. If you look at his, his advanced stats, he's playing well. He's doing the same stuff. Um, And I said it the other day. I mean, so far he's my, he's my Calder pick just is. Um, And it's not even close at this point. McCarr is getting there. Mr. Cal over there and avalanche, but until the avalanche start losing some games and you can see how they all react to that mm-hmm. i don't know to where the savers yeah they just lost their first game in regulation last night but they had an overtime loss they've had close games and you could just tell that it wasn't bothering him at all he was just playing the game
0: oh yeah no i think because i tweeted um last night that I was I was more excited for Olafson's goal than he was. He's very oh, about yeah. it. He just enjoys playing the game. But I mean for really quick just to get into it before because I want to talk about that Anaheim game specifically because of what you were saying, just because of Saber's Twitter's glorious overreaction oh, to that always. game and and basically what it means. Um I wanted to talk about that, but no, Olofsson, I mean, Olofsson is just a good, he's he's a good player all around. Like you said, five on five, he has good chances that, like you said, it, it's just not coming together for him. It's not clicking yet. I mean, yeah. he has chances. He's putting pucks on net. It's just, he has to find a way to beat the goaltender and beat a defenseman. Um, but I, I mean, just all around, I mean, l- I mean, let's get, let's get into the, the game reviews. Um, sure. It's just because i want to talk about that anaheim game just because it goes so much into what we're talking about but um how do you want to do it you want to do like one and one i know uh toronto played four games
1: yeah toronto played four games well we're scheduled for four games played three of them okay it just didn't didn't show up for one so you know whatever you want to say yeah okay. Yeah, we, um, but yeah. Let's start with the Anaheim game. Let's go. Let's go. Uh, start yesterday and go backwards. Why not?
0: Um. So so here's my thing with the Anaheim game. It was a good game. It was a very good game to watch. I don't know if you watched it at all or if you caught clips or anything. It was I caught a, some clips. It was a very good game to watch. It was a good hockey game. Um, the Sabers, yes, were slow. Yes, there were a lot of turnovers. The reason for that is though, we came in expecting to play our brand of hockey and Anaheim was not about that. Anaheim was very, they were very fast. They were very aggressive. Um, and that really wasn't the style of play that the Sabres were playing. And when you get stunned like that, um, cause that didn't really start till the second period. When you get stunned like that, it's very hard to regain your standing and your composure. And go back and, 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 and match that type of play, that pace of play. Oh yeah. So had they not done that, I think, that, but that would have been another win for the Sabres last night. I mean, they put they put up good plays, and it was two nothing by the end of the first, um, or through at least half of the first. Um, without net, score, would have stayed four to two. And if you look at shots on goal, they were very close. I think – I I can't remember if this was the exact number of shots on goal at the end, but very close to the end, it flashed on the screen. It was like 32-30 for shots on goal. It was a very close game numbers. So for the fact that we kind of got blindsided by Anaheim's style of play, um, had that not happened, I don't see how we wouldn't have won. Um just based off of if we had kept playing the way that we – like if, if both teams had kept playing the way that they were playing in the first period,
1: yeah. um,
0: we won that game. But looking at the numbers, at the shots on goal, um, and taking into account how Anaheim was able to change up their play style, uh, it was a very close game altogether. And so that that's kind of why I wanted to talk about that game, because if you go on Twitter, Sabres Twitter is highly overreacting this this same old Sabres, classic Sabres, you know, oh, we're going to suck again. Blah, 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 it's the same old thing. It's not. I mean, we've talked about it on here before as to how you've seen, um, you know, all the new players um, and how they're playing, the new coaching. I mean, it's clearly a different pace and style of play for this team. So it's clearly a different team. It's, we were not really prepared going into that. I mean, by the time it was over, I mean, Sabres players would have been in bed an hour and a half to two hours before the game was even over if if that game had been on the East Coast.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: and I mean, they only had like a day of travel. And so, you know, it's not really a whole lot of time to acclimate and adjust. There's just – there's so much that goes into sports that a lot of people just are not willing to look at or don't think to look at. Um, they just want to kind of armchair Monday morning quarterback it, uh, which I get it. I was one of those people, but it also sucks.
1: Yeah. It was, it was a good game. From, from what I, like I said, I, I caught very few things of it, but just looking at stats, looking at all this, um, it looks like you had two lines that were playing. And that was it. Um, the other two lines, yeah, they don't have to do much on most nights so the first two lines are – Destroying is a good word for it, um, but that's not going to happen every night. And that's—I think—that needs to be the focus of the coaching staff: is just let the first two lines roll and figure out the second two lines, the last two. Mm-hmm. They're putting stuff on every, you know know—they're going to put goals in. You know, it's just part of the part of it. But last night, I mean, you had Eichel had four shots, Olafson had two shots. Reinhardt had one. Okay. Jeff Skinner had nine.
0: Yeah.
1: Nine shots. After that, I mean, had he not put up nine shots, it wouldn't have been a close game as far as shots on that. No. It wouldn't have been. It would have been, you know, 30, 30 shots is low to begin with. Um, 33 for Ducks. But Allmark was also a – Eight six seven save percentage, which seems like they just kind of hung them out the dry
0: quite often. Oh yeah, no, no, no. They um, the defense was absolutely horrible last night. At times, at times, I will admit, Jake McCabe, Jake McCabe did a great job last night.
1: He did yeah, a fantastic job. That's, that's what I heard. Which is you can have to expect. I mean, Jake McCabe's a very good stay-at-home guy. Um, Colin Miller same type of player, stay at home. Um, do they have them paired together? Do you they know?
0: Might. I, th- I think
1: so. Yeah. That seems to be something the teams like to do. I don't like that. I think, honestly, you should have one stay at home, one offensive together. That way, at least one person's back to one. stop a rush.
0: Yeah, Larson's but, back, but, I mean, Miller, Miller was up um, in – in the Ducks zone, and he was shooting at the net a couple of times throughout the night. But, yeah, I mean, they they are similarly – usually they're the same type of player.
1: Well, Miller's definitely more offensive than him. He's just not very good at it. He'll get shots in. He'll go up to kind of um, distract, I'll say. Um, But nothing. I just got a notification. John Tavares is out one to two weeks with a broken finger fun fun stuff but either way um i I think yeah you can't you can't win them all you're gonna have games like that and that wasn't even a blowout you know it was four to two with an empty net five to two whatever people who aren't watching they're just looking at the score five to two may look like a bad game but it's not you want to see a bad game the leafs and um washington played last night as well Mm-hmm. It was a four to two or a four to three game.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Most people look at that. Oh, close game, no big deal. At least we're up two nothing. And within, I want to say it was, I want to say it was like forty five seconds. The capital scored two goals, mm-hmm. and the Leafs took two penalties, giving them a minute and fifty three second five on three. It's pathetic. It's pathetic. Um, and did they fight back? But yeah, they didn't. They did, but you can't let two goals in, in less than a minute, and give up two penalties.
0: Yeah, and expect to basically, you can't
1: do it and expect to win. Yeah. yeah, our backup was in, their backup was in. So you know, had it been Holt being Anderson, would it have been a different game? Probably, but it, it was just—it was so bad. Is really bad. And then, of course, Tavares getting hurt here is fun. I love that. Makes me happy. It's not. It doesn't. But I don't know. I don't think. I think, you know, Savers are still looking good. I think it'll be a test. See how they play tonight. It's a back-to-back right after a loss. Um, see, See how they react. If they lose again. I still think that's fine. It's a back-to-back. You can't expect that's, that's to win all those.
0: Thing too. At this point, the Sabres record is 5-1-1. One, one.
1: Yeah.
0: Like, that's not a bad record, even if we were no. to go out and lose tonight. Because, I mean, I mean, road games are tough in, in any sport that you play, obviously. But the whole East Coast, West Coast thing, I mean, when one coast goes to another coast, it's always a grind. Those teams oh, yeah. are losing more games than they probably win. Um, it's just even if we do lose, it's five two and one. Like that's not a bit, like that's not a bad record for starting off the season compared to where this team was at the end of last year versus where they're starting off. Like, like no, I, I, somebody tweeted this and I wish I could give them credit for this um, because I just loved it. But like no team has ever gone on an eighty-two game win streak. There had to be a loss at some point. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the longest NHL win streak is is Pittsburgh with seventeen games.
1: Yeah. And it was in like
0: 2010 or 2011 or something like that. Like we weren't we, – we had a 10-game win streak last year. Cool. But now we're at this year. We won a couple games. We had the one overtime loss. We have a regulation loss. There's still – Sabres still have 75 games to play. Like there's a lot of hockey left. I'm not saying yep. that they're really a good team, but like it's October 17th. Season really doesn't – I mean, the game doesn't end till you hit June with the Stanley Cup Finals. Like, there's a lot of hockey left to play.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah. You don't have to start worrying about losses until you're, you're hitting four or five in a row. But right. I, think, I think, honestly, I'd like to see them lose tonight just to see how they react, the team themselves. Not, not Sabres fans. They're going to react badly no matter what. But the team. Because last year they went on this 10-game win streak, right, and then lost, and it just destroyed the team. Yep. Like they just couldn't get back on their feet. That's something that can't happen. Yeah. You know, you, you won 10. You're going to lose eventually. Oh yeah. Like losing two to three even after that, that's fine, which I think they did. I think they went on a three-game lose streak, right? Yeah. And then they just couldn't get back on their feet. And honestly, it was pathetic. As a professional team, you have to be able to take losses. You, you've taken three losses. Yeah, it's tough. It's mental. But you got to break it. you got to break it.
0: Yeah, the NHL is a grind. I mean, we did the math last night, if you think about it. You're playing, what is it, six or eight preseason games, the 82 in the season, and then – Take into account. Just assume that you're going to go and play all seven rounds or all seven games of each round of the Stanley Cup or the, the playoffs and then the finals. You're playing almost 120 games in a season.
1: Yeah,
0: like the NHL is a grind. You are never going to win every game. It's impossible. Oh yeah, it's impossible. You're going to take losses. And again, Sabers are seven games into the season and. According, according to some of the fan base, which even some of them are people with check marks next to their names, are basically saying that we're out, we're out of Stanley Cup contention and we're, you know, we're never going to win. Like it's, it's seven games into the season. At this point, even if you're a team that has not won a game yet, or you're even Colorado, it doesn't matter. You, every team sucks right now up until the point where you're hitting like December or January. And that's really when you can take a look at the team and the performance and say this team's going to end up in the finals or this team's
1: not. Yeah, if it makes you feel better, if it makes you feel better about Twitter, um, Avalanche Twitter is kind of going off now too, and they lost in overtime. So it's, you know, the first loss of the season, it came in overtime. They still got a point for it, and they're like, oh, no, we didn't look very good. Yeah. Like, stop. Stop. Just stop.
0: It's like it's like a humble brag almost. Like oh like, um, we lost an overtime, but like we still got the point.
1: Don't get me wrong. Leafs Twitter is terrible. It's absolutely dreadful. I hate every minute of it. We are four, three, and one after last night. We've had two games that were really bad. One was last night it was four three, and the game against Tampa the other night, which was dreadful. I think that was actually we uh.
0: So like so like Buffalo for instance has a lot of its starters out. Like Brandon Montour's been out with an injury. Um, and Pilot's been out with an injury. Like a lot of teams have. And now Tavares out with an injury. Um, a lot of teams have guys that are just that are just out with injuries. So a lot of these teams are not even at full strength yet. So like oh yeah wait till you come like wait till they come back and see what happens with I mean again cool like if you want I mean I have a bag of all dressed chips so like I'll take something else for Bogosian but
1: no like yeah injuries is definitely a thing I mean Hyman he's one of the best supporting players on the Leafs he's been out we haven't had him Um, they just finally tried Trevor Moore on the wing of Tavares and Marner compared to Kapanen as we talked about, that wasn't working out. Uh, I think we did that last week, but and it seems to be looking better. But it's still Hyman is just he's grindy. He wins the board battles. He's able to be pass um, with great precision. He just can get it on the stick of these guys to do it, and that's just something that we're missing. And then on the defensive side, we're missing Dermot, who's young. He could come in and have an absolutely atrocious season, but I doubt it. He's just – he's a good defender. He has been since he started. Um, He's had a few bad games maybe last season, but that's it, just a few. Um, Nothing compared to Morgan Riley has played probably – I think his best game was against the Wild the other night, and that was mostly all offensive. Um, Morgan Riley took, I want to say, two penalties last night. You can't do that as a team's best defender. Supposed to be a best defender, can't do that. Um, so yeah, I don't know. We'll see where it goes. But Leafs had you know two testing games since the last time we caught um, last time we talked. They played the Lightning, lost, and Capitals lost. Those were the only two that were really a test.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Otherwise, we played the Red Wings and we played the Wild bottom feeder teams um well i guess technically not really for detroit this season but to me they're always a bottom bottom feeder so yeah one two in a row and it was looking good and then back to the same old looking bad against good teams
0: yeah so we'll Um, see i mean for buffalo prior to anaheim was dallas which was a game that you and i had talked about um seeing i mean you talked about Dallas before. We went to the Sabres-Dallas game last season. Um, 4-0 win. I mean... It was good. Absolute murder on the Sabres part in terms of just just looking at the play um, that was out there on the ice. I mean, just absolutely just... Dallas did not do a good job of defending. Goaltending was obviously atrocious if you're in four goals and there's no response from your offense. I mean...
1: Those 3 o'clock games.
0: Yeah. Well, Buffalo usually performs really well during afternoon games. I know. Like last season, because we, we had that string of, like, afternoon games last season. It was odd. Reason um, but, no, the Dallas game was really good. I mean, they looked really good. That's not to, That's not to disparage Dallas and say that they're a crap team. They have talent on that team. I mean, they looked good at times, specifically in the first period when they weren't getting absolutely beaten to death. But, I mean, Dallas is a good team. Sabres just showed up and played better. Um, that's the thing that I like about the NHL, though, is you tend to play every team at least twice a season. Yeah. Um, so uh, I think we play Dallas again this later in the season. I would think so. Um, I'm interested to see what happened uh, in, in the second meeting. And then before that was Florida, uh, which was a good win, too um so i mean for a florida team that you've talked about before too florida kind of an underdog a lot of people view it as not being that good of a team florida obviously a very good team um and somehow uh pull the win uh, that, that so was a good just,
1: test that was, was a good test
0: it was also a good game to watch it was just like like we said or like you said last week like if you if you even if you lose if you play good hockey
1: then, it, then it's then it's it's yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. Yeah, had they not pulled it out in the shutout shootout, I think it still was a good game for them. Um, it was it was a good test. They scored on a good goalie. They they still played the way they should against a team that's really up and coming. Um, it's a big team that's going to be real good in these upcoming years. So it was it was good to see. It's. I'm not like in the beginning of the season, obviously, because I don't have much uh, crap to talk um, about the Sabers. They they're looking good. They're looking good. Unfortunately,
0: yeah, I I have a a friend. Um, she's a uh, she's a Flyers fan. Mm-hmm. We were yeah. No, that sucks for her. Well, I texted her last night. I wanted to know if she wanted to come over and watch the game. And um, she was back home but she said that she was watching the Flyers game and it was absolutely, she was like, yeah, Flyers are playing like crab again, like always. And then she even, she even said that the, that she thinks this year's going to be the Sabres year that we're going to end up, not, not necessarily winning the Stanley cup, but at least, at least end up in the playoffs. Um, that's her take. That's not
1: mine, but just saying um, there's, there's, what is your take? Where they ended up? Oh man. I don't know. I'm still saying wild card. Oh yeah,
0: no, I definitely see. I definitely see wild card. Um, whether we win that wild card or not is up to them.
1: Also, no, I think. I think getting the wild card spot. I think that'll. I think you guys will make that happen for sure. Yeah. Um, and that's only only because of the Atlantic Division. If it wasn't, it's they're definitely a second, third place team. Um, just the Atlantic, as we know, is tough right now. Um, Sabres are topping it. Leafs are third. division so hasn't really popped off yet, but it yeah, will. I didn't, uh, I didn't look at the uh, standings. I didn't tell standings as of today.
0: Let's see. I mean, I did just see that Sabres are, like you just said, they're top man. League Edmonton, Carolina, Colorado, Buffalo, Boston, Anaheim, Pittsburgh, Washington, Toronto, and Nashville. Those are your top ten teams. I mean, Carolina has the best record out of any of them. Uh, But Edmonton has – their difference is a plus 10, whereas Carolina's is a plus seven.
1: Carolina's also got one more game played. They've lost two. Carolina's six and two, I believe. Um, I don't know. Carolina. I I just – I don't know. I like Carolina. I love the James is playing. I mean, he's kind of – Backing up Morazic because Mirazik's coming out real strong here, but um I don't know. I feel like and I mean honestly it's all it's three point difference between ninth and first. So like you said, it's still early. There's a ton of hockey to be played. Yeah. As though it starts to stretch out a little bit, hopefully the Sabres can stay up there, hopefully the Leafs can stay up there. Like the, I Leafs said. Have, the Leafs have scored the most goals in the league. So
0: Like I said, it's usually not till about December that you can really start judging teams on
1: yeah. Late uh, November, Thanksgiving. Oh
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But the, I mean definitely heading into December is really when you start looking at who you expect to make it into the playoffs so Oh, yeah. I mean, I'll keep, I'll keep talking trash to even other Sabres fans on Twitter about of course, you're wrong. In too. That, but yeah. That's why I just, I just, when it comes to specific things like that, like the one conversation the other day about Eichel and Matthews, I'll just tag you and just let you have the conversation. Cause like,
1: Oh, that was some I'm dumb not, stuff.
0: I'm not going to be able to, to, to do what you're doing with that conversation. But, um, well, that was
1: a good conversation.
0: Um, it turned into a good conversation. It was not at first. It was very hostile <laughs> at first.
1: There was there was a few people who just thick skull didn't want to listen, didn't want anything to do with it. Which you're gonna get. Um, There's a few people that we actually had a decent conversation, and it honestly brings us right back to our first point: analytics versus stats. Yep. The stats you look at it you just look and don't watch the games. You don't do anything. You don't watch both teams. They look similar. They look like similar players, but as you look at analytics and what they're doing against other teams, certain teams, certain goaltenders, um, line mates with line mates without, it's just, it's not even close. Yeah. Not even close. Um, but once again, you look at other sides of analytics and it's not even close the other way. So mm-hmm. that's the downfall of it. They're there two players, and I said this, uh, they're two players you can't really compare. Only reason they're being compared is because you can't compare Eichel to Nick David, the first round pick for that year, mm-hmm. and you can't compare Line A to Matthews, the second and first round pick that year. So what are you going to do? You're going to take the second and the first. Because had Eichel been a year back, there's a good chance that, depending on the team that got the first-round pick, there's a chance that he could have went first. These are different types of players. Yeah. They just aren't. If you're looking for somebody who's strong on the puck, um, can strip the puck, can skate through stuff but isn't real uh, – he doesn't use his speed for that, then you're Matthews. If you want somebody who's speedy, that can just blow through people um, and not really have to do much with the puck, then you get Eichel. Yeah. Um, it's just two different play styles. Two different play styles. I, I compared it to Crosby and Ovi because they're both great. They're both top five players probably of all time. And he, they're just different players. You can't – you can say Crosby's the best in the world. I think he is. You can say, "Oh well, where's his goal scoring compared to?"
0: Oh no, Crosby, one hundred percent. If you look at what Crosby's accomplishing right now, he is legitimately carrying that team.
1: Oh God, yeah, much, like, it, much like McDavid,
0: just, much like McDavid carried the Oilers.
1: Yeah, and yeah. it's just which uh, McDavid, Jesus! Oh, he
0: whole conversation Yeah,
1: he's he's unreal. He's on pace for like one hundred and ninety eight points the season or some nonsense it's absolutely unreal yeah. it's stupid but it, it's just that type of thing i mean why compare two players who are completely different um any way you look at it you can you can see one way or the other depending on who's winning you know who's started the argument who you're arguing for analytics is always going to point you in the right direction yeah you're you're always going to be able to try to prove your point at least if it's educated which some of the people were not um but most of them were most of the people were
0: well i mean full circle back to analytics i like that (laughs) um so yeah i mean honestly this this entire conversation came because of that tweet and and just the discussion i mean there are analytics conferences that people go to specifically for hockey um i know um the girls over at uh uh, what is it? Sticks and Balls Pod, um, or Balls and Sticks Pod. Uh, they, they go to those all the time. Um, I don't know if I'm ever gonna go to an analytics conference. That's, that's not my thing. Um, who knows? Maybe in the future, depends on, depends on how everything goes. But no, so I mean we had a good conversation about analytics today. Um, we of course did our uh, weekly Sabres Leafs review. Uh, even through a little bit of Seattle uh, in there as well. We um, don't have anything for next week yet. I have a couple of ideas that we'll talk about and we'll start to announce that. Um, when it comes to listening to the podcast, we're still having some issues with getting it on iTunes, but it is still on Anchor. Um, it's still on Radio Public. It's on Google. Um, so you can find it all there. Or if you can't find it on there? You can go to uh, LDG Sports on Facebook um, or Instagram, and you can get the links there. Well, on Instagram, you have to ask for the links just because we can't post it. Um, and then on Instagram, uh, you can DM us and ask for the links on V underscore Rivalry underscore Podcast, um, and so that you can actually follow that for everything that you want to know about the podcast, what we're doing, where we're at. Um, and basically anything and everything that has to do with this podcast, um, which is not a whole lot so far. Only four episodes in. So we're getting there, though. Uh, but I do have to say I, I, I went to um, Buffalo Sports pod last week. Uh, had a fun time. Uh, met a lot of people. I mean, I knew the guy that was emceeing it, Monster, um, from our time at Cold Front Report. Together. Uh, before that, though, I showed up early and I went on with uh, Patrick Helper, who's part of the new Ice Chatter podcast, and we um, recorded uh, a little segment and talked about pretty much anything and everything. I mean, Kruger's coaching and management style, Ristolainen, the league, stuff like that. Um, and so that should be out today, and we'll post uh, links up to that and advertise that. You guys want to catch that conversation? um we are working on getting a lot of guests on here we're working on being guests on other shows ourselves um but going back to potathon you know i was able to meet uh maniac from Trainwreck sports and you know ryan thomas was there and there, there's so many people that you see kind of like in like the local podcasting underground media type i mean paul hamilton was even there too um so it was not i didn't get a chance to to meet and talk with him but uh um but yeah, Paul Hamilton was there uh, as well. I mean, Kevin Sylvester, you know, you get a lot of people that if you live or you've been around Buffalo sports, you would know who they are. So um, it's an annual event. So definitely stay tuned for next year. Uh, maybe we can try and get Cody up for next year's podathon. Uh Maybe we can even go on um, for next year's podathon. People like us enough. So um, with that though, we will see you guys next week. And if you want, you can actually DM us, uh, questions that you have for any team, not just Sabres and Leafs. And on top of that, you can DM us if you have things that you want us to talk about, um, different topics and stuff like that too. We will definitely take fan consideration. So with that, thank you for tuning in to episode four of the rivalry podcast. I hope that you all have a fantastic week. I know I will, uh, because I don't have college classes for the next four days. So I'm definitely going to have a fun, relaxing week. Um, And Cody's going to have some fun down in the sun there in Florida. So um, we hope that you guys all have a fantastic week as well. Cody, do you have anything that you would like to say to the nice people that definitely are not paying us to do this?
1: (laughs) First of all, thank you all for listening. Um, If you are interested in more advanced stats, um, some of the websites I use, I just want to shout them out real quick. Hockey-reference.com is great. And, Corsica.hockey is really good. So either one of those will help you out if you're willing to learn um, or just looking stuff up. Um, HockeyDB can be all right too, but either way, use the Google machine, take a look. Um, It's going to be the way the league goes. So thanks again for listening. We'll talk to you all next week.